All right. This week, we're recording very late on a Tuesday. So in lieu of a sketch, I'm just going to ask you to Google MLS Eastern Conference Table and scroll to the very bottom, see which team is down there, and then laugh your head off. It's funnier than anything we could come up with. Trust me. Welcome to We Call It Soccer, a podcast by two United fans. I'm Colin. Caleb is out this week. And I'm Notch. This week, we cover Atlanta losing to Columbus. And then, you know, we talk about some other stuff. You know, it's really, I mean, what else is there to really talk about? Because you know, honestly, there's not much. No, no, no. It's no, not no. worthy of discussing. Nothing happened. No. Nothing happened. No. Uh, I should probably no, talk no, about no. Boston. Yeah. So Caleb today not here because uh, he had a really bad migraine, and um, I wanted to ask you, Colin, because you're the only captive audience I have as a result. Uh, what's the the best excuse you've ever given at work for not throwing up? That is a very good question. I usually go food poisoning. Food poisoning. Okay. Yeah, like food poisoning is one that they just don't ask questions. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Like. I think they can also get away with the fact that I'm probably not that good of a cook. So (laughs) it's a legit excuse, probably. I did feel very self-conscious the one time I did actually have food poisoning. And then I was like, I was like totally throwing up. Like, I think I might have did talk about it on the show once. I can't remember. I I feel like you might have. I was like debilitated. It was pretty bad. Well, anyway, I guess we don't have to ask Caleb that because we already know his excuse. (laughs) (laughs) Jab, jab. Love you, buddy. Hope you are feeling better as we record this. Migraines suck. They do. They really do. So um, I had the opportunity of going to Boston. I went and walked the Freedom Trail. A lot of like revolutionary stuff this week. Was it uh, revelatory? <laughs> you could say it uh, founded a new sense of history within myself. I went to the JFK Library, by the way, as well, which was amazing. Um, I you were a huge presidential library buff. I am. And my favorite, actually, is the LBJ Library in Austin, Texas, uh, which is super cool. Um, but uh, it's, it's actually much bigger than the JFK Library, too. But the nice thing about JFK Library is you can walk around, read a bunch of things that JFK said, and then try to do his accent saying them. Or like saying other things like, ah, the exit to the attorney general's office is over there. What kind of chowder is this? You know, like stuff like that. That was kind of a cross between JFK and Jerry Seinfeld there. So, what, what's the deal with... No, um, it, it's funny. What's the deal with chowder? So, there's two accents that come out of that part of New England, because I had to learn them for a play in college, actually, called uh, Red Herring. Uh, text me if you know that play, because it's really freaking cool. But... Um, Do we have to give out your number for that? As Twitter, you know. Actually, no, I disabled my personal Twitter for a little bit, so... Yeah, uh, just keep your feelings to yourself. Okay, cool. Uh, but uh, there's there's high Massachusetts, like the luxury Massachusetts, is probably the Kennedys was saying, and then there's the basically pack the can, have a dad kind of like you know base Massachusetts Drop accent. Yes, and yes, it's the one that we all yeah. use. That you know, so we're basically degrading JFK every time we make fun of his accent because we're taking him from that like high Massachusetts premium Rolex luxury accent to like you know the uh, Bud Light 
of Massachusetts. You know, I think he also degraded that like every single time that he uh, met Marilyn Monroe. Happy birthday, Mr. President. That was way too accurate of an impression. Like, you just did a JFK impression. You did Jerry Seinfeld as JFK. And yet, Marilyn Monroe doing Happy Birthday, Mr. President is the one that you nailed. Now, let me do the CIA head ordering the hit on JFK. No, no, no. We're not going to do that. Okay, let's move into a segment. We'll do that one later. Okay, yeah. Let's move into a segment that we call Don't Look Back in Anger. In this segment, we discuss Minnesota United... Producer Nick just reminded me that I I have the the thing, the thing. <laughs> which is the uh, soundboard, which so far only has our segment sound cues, and I really want to add like some like klaxons and this and that to it at some point. I should I should have a conversation with producer Nick about this at some point about ideas for things that we can do. Reggae air horn, reggae air horn. Okay, let's try that one again. Let's move on to a segment that we call "Don't Look Back in Anger." In this segment, we discuss Minnesota United FC and we look back without anger at the loss against New England Revolution. <laughs> you know, I I just want to kind of give a huge shout out to the charitable organizations in um, the Minnesota United fan base, Silver Lining, which was the uh, uh, ISC charitable supporter group of the year last year and the Keepers of the North doing wonderful, great stuff. Um, because they've obviously inspired Minnesota United FC to be very charitable, giving New England Revolution its first home win, uh, giving Brad Friedel a massive way out in the week that he said his players should get beaten up by the fans. By the way, <laughs> I, I do want to ask, because you were there, um, did people go to their cars after the game to thank them because their baseball bats were not allowed into Gillette Stadium. <laughs> so I mean, they had to leave them at home. I mean, like, why would you waste a good baseball bat knowing that it's going to get taken by security? There were people in the parking lot, but we were having conversations with beer rather than the players. So, uh, you know, I, Mr. Friedel, by the way, if, you, if you've li- lived under uh, a nice house roof that does not have social media, and good for you because social media sucks. But so if, bad. But if you haven't been on those things, you probably didn't hear that Brad Friedel came out and gave an interview, I believe, to the Athletic or was it Pro Soccer USA? Now I forget. Uh, no, I think it was actually um, stageschool at com. maybe. Sure, yes. It yeah. was actually on the on the league website. You're right because it surprised me. He He talked to them and he said... Should I do my usual, like, paraphrasing here? Or should I actually go find the quote and read it? Um, paraphrase, but make sure that you've got his fake British accent going on. Oh, okay. Yes. So, I can't do that. It's it's too weird, even for me. It really is. It really is. So, Friedel's saying that uh, U.S. soccer players are complacent, or MLS players are complacent, because there's no pro-rel here. They don't have fans waiting for them at their cars uh, to beat them up. I believe he explicitly, like, referred to violence. He explicitly referred to violence. Yes, he did. Uh, Basically, his argument was, MLS players are S-A-W-F-T soft. Um, And, first of all, Kudos for mentioning ProRel. That gave me hours of excitement. Just what, like imagining the the uh, the combustion at 
the MLS front office hearing one of their coaches talk about Prorel. I'm just so glad that Ted Westervelt has to be a Revs fan now. <laughs> like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, and then of course, you know, Friedel's lost the plot. He's lost the locker room from the seams of things. Everybody down there that I talked to is very negative about him. Part of it's because he's not a good coach. Part of it is because his players are less than ideal. But some of it is just the fact that this is a terrible franchise from top to bottom. And now let's talk about the fact that they beat us. Yes, indeed, <laughs> they beat us. Um, let's talk about the good. Let's not look back in anger immediately. Roman Metanier in this game has cemented his status as my favorite 2019 loon. I love that man. I will kiss his boots uh, if given the opportunity. And please don't anyone text Durkey that because I might then be asked to do that for some sort of social shareable video or something. I refuse to. No, 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 no. But, you know, I will metaphorically kiss his boots. How about that? Okay, that's yeah. fine. Do you blame him for not splitting into four different people in order to block that first goal? Because no. he was forced into playing against two guys at once, which is why he like his sector of the field is where that goal came from. Let's talk about why that happened. Ethan Finley was nowhere to be found. Which makes sense given that it was his first start. I understand. Ozzy Alonso was covering Carlos Keel. He probably should have been covering him a lot tighter to stop a very nice cross coming in. It, it was a defensive lapse. And as you've noted, we are bad at playing against a press. We saw that. Oh in my LA God, we're as bad a, at it. Like that to me, these are not players lacking talent. They're pretty good. Uh, and as, as Adrian Heath himself pointed out after, what is it, the first or the second game? So when they can't respond to something like a press, which, you know, happens often. Not only that, the press is the only thing that New England does. That's their only tactical wrinkle. Other than that, it's just guys are put into a position and Brad Friedel hopes they do something. See, the I, only I, thing that they actually do is four guys in front press the hell out of your defense and midfield. I'm just seeing the Minnesota United locker room before this game saying, like, the, someone saying exactly that, and somebody else is like, you know, but that's exactly what they want us to think. Going into this game, this will be the no, you know, anyway. They want us to think that because they know that Adrian Heath is not smart enough to coach his team not to back pass against a press. Let's talk about uh, the penalty, which was uh, awarded after VAR. Maybe a little bit soft. I'll admit it. It, it was it was more of an incidental ball to arm than some handballs are. Really, the important thing to talk about this is those TV producer cutting away from Darwin's celebration. Oh my God! Yeah. How dare you, sir? Seriously. What is wrong with you? Seriously, you get the best, like, 10 seconds of the entire match, and you're like, go to the different camera, go to the different camera. Let's see Cody Cropper angry that he let in a penalty. Oh, it's actually probably like, go to Cody Cropper. I want to see him angry at this penalty. That man, Darwin Quintero. 
You didn't drop the R on Quintero enough. Okay, all right. It's Quintero. <laughs> okay, so Loons get the Equalizer, which was honestly a pleasant surprise. I, I've heard some people say that it was a deserved Equalizer. I don't think it was. Again, this is one of those we're playing better than last year situations. I guess. You know, where it's like I we're exceed- exceeding our exceedingly low expectations. You know? How low must your expectations be to be like, okay, our talent alone should get us an equalizer in this game that we are not playing well? Okay, there's probably some quote from me on an old episode that contradicts this, but my expectations are after the, the end of the last season were like... <laughs> As long as we have 11 players on the pitch who are successfully kicking the ball and none of them fight with somebody on the sidelines, I'm happy. Uh, That was my expectation. I have, I don't know. I, you know, I I fully embrace the Minnesota sports life. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah. Like be dead inside. That's the only way. And this was an away game, you know? So anyway, anyway, the New England revs, though, they get one more because, you know, well, Hold on. As the notes specify, former Crow Brandon Bye. Yep. Because, of course, we have to say that he played for Minneapolis City. It's contractually obligated. Like, yep. I, I'm sorry. Like, it's part of the member card. I can show the language to you. It specifies if there is a microphone in front of you, you must say that Brandon Bye played for minneapolis city i hope that those same regulations don't also specify that you have to play and sinks bye 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 every time he scores because that's exactly what gillette stadium did are you fucking kidding me oh hell no that is exactly what happened oh my god no yeah also no that just got so much worse in super cool news though the midnight riders the supporters group for new england revolution sang the entirety of bohemian rhapsody uh, from their end of the pitch in the first half. It was pretty fun. I enjoyed that very much. That does sound cool. Yeah. Um, you know what wasn't cool? Brandon By, a guy that played for a local NPSL team, completely burning Francisco Calvo because he was nowhere to be found on that. I court. thought we talked about this. I don't want to get triple ultra secret banned from the United locker room now. You just did it, though. I want to see that new locker room in Allianz. I haven't done it. Uh, I've even seen it. Like, yeah, yeah, but you're I, not going in there I, after saying that, you know. Shit, it's, I'm on borrowed money at this point. I, yeah. I don't give a fuck. So, so Mr. Calvo, um, at this point, what do you even do? You know, do you bench him? I mean, it's not going to happen. No, it, it's definitely not going to happen. Because what happened uh, towards the end of this game was Ethan Finlay got taken off, Brent Kalman got brought in. We had three at the back with um, Opara and Boxel. And then Calvo and Metanier went forward in a 3-5-2. See, that was, I think, more a fault of the sub-pattern that they did. Like, the fact that by bringing in Dunlotti for Rodriguez, that completely eliminated your ability to bring in Dunlotti for Finley. Also, let me mention very quickly, towards the end of this match, uh, when the Loons were kind of desperate, Abu Dunlotti went down holding his hamstring for about... A very short while. It wasn't a very long amount of time, but it was enough for a few of us to look at each other with concerning looks. He got back up and kind of made some sort of a gesture to the sidelines, indicating that he was okay, and then went on playing. But uh, I will tell you that many bricks were shat when that happened. 
Gillette Stadium has a few new structures and they're away stand. Away stand. Like, I saw that section. That was like maybe six rows of bleachers tops. There were about 10 of us. It was quite nice. Yeah. Like, yeah. you guys you guys look good. You oh, looked hey, thank very you. upset a lot of the time. Really? Yes, you did. They showed they showed upset shots of us. Yes, <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> I should like uh, gif this to make like, I, a reaction. I was thinking GIF. of just like screen capping every single one. Like I nice. might end up doing that. All right. Well, um, is there anything else that needs to be said about this game? No. All right. Let's it was get, a bad keep game. it at that. Allianz Field is getting its grass cut today. They put the soccer lines in there recently. You know, good for you. Go look at Twitter for content. Um, let's all move into a segment that we call the championship. But the championship is a game. Thanks, producer Nick. Is it a game? Is it a league? No, it's a segment where we discuss America's top leagues, the NWSL and MLS. NWSL news. Sadly for the Sky Blues, they've lost two players to season-ending injuries already. Um, Madison Tiernan has been ruled out of the season after suffering a complete tear to both her ACL and MCL. How do you still have a lower leg after that happens? Um... Yeah, for her sake, I hope the reconstructive surgery goes well. Mandy Freeman has also been ruled out indefinitely with an Achilles tendon injury. So Sky Blue season already off to a fantastic start after they lost all their draft picks. Indeed. North Carolina Courage are going to host the Women's International Champions Cup again. And uh, well, they're going to host it. That's the big news. Right. And, And we'll defend it. As yes. well, yes, and their, their title, which they won last year, and it's going to be at WakeMed. Still no TV deal for NWSL. Some um, concerning noises being made by people familiar with the league um, about conditions, sponsorship conditions. One of the things that precipitated some of these concerns is the fact that the U.S. Women's National Team was able to secure seven hundred thousand dollars plus uh, today for player bonuses so the question being asked if there's that much money for the u.s women's national team why can't the nwsl get better sponsorships so yeah yeah okay about that yeah let's talk about mls and start with some satire great april fool's joke inter miami is getting sued by inter milan (laughs) good good one onion wait a minute i'm hearing something in my ear give me a second oh that's mickey turner's music that's an actual Legal filing. Yep. And uh, still satire because I hold that Inter-Miami is Major League Soccer pulling the wool over all our eyes. It's an elaborate, years-long satire on the entire MLS expansion process. I mean, everything about this expansion has been funny from top to bottom. I understand that they need to demolish Lockhart, but does demolition mean forest clearing or does that mean taking down structures? At this point, I'm pretty sure that when they, when they like, whatever they do, like, something horrible is going to happen. And, you know, they, like, end the world because the, the demolition, like, opens a, a portal to the core or, like, Voldemort comes out or something. Like, actual ghosts will come out or something. Something's going to happen that makes this even funnier. Anyway, uh, let's talk about uh, the games that happened. Toronto played New York. This game ending 4-0 to Toronto. Alejandro Pizuelo made the starting 11 for the first time. And um, boy, did he start. Dear God. <laughs> um, TFC had two goals correctly rolled offside in the first 25 minutes. Then 
Alejandro Pizuelo really went to work. Yeah, he, um, I guess the two goals I want to talk about that he scored are the Panenka. He got a penalty and he it basically sailed the ball slowly like, over Sean Johnson into the goal. Like, it it wasn't just over Sean Johnson. It was slow enough that if Sean Johnson wasn't just admiring the class yeah. of that Panenka, he could have actually gotten up from diving completely to his right to get back up and probably save it in the center. That's how slow it was. That's how beautiful it was. Pretty sure that ball is still in the air, not in the back of the goal. Also, it compelled Zlatan to go out there and shoot up Anenka himself this week because, you know, he had to. Of course. Um, should also mention that later, Pozuelo made one of the most beautiful chips I have ever seen in my life. I'm going to go out and say this. It was better than Darwin's. Oh, hell yeah. That's like, I, that's one it, of the best goal I've seen in years. Like, if that does not win the Puskas, that is because, well, frankly, they're going to give it to just some freak goal. Yeah. It's how the voting works. Oh, but this one was actual technique for just how sublime it was to get right into the top corner. Johnson was in position for it. And yet he was still able to beat him. That's oh. how good that chip was. Go go look at this. Honestly, at this point, this is one of those uh, New York Red Bulls post-Petke situations where I was like, why'd you fire Petke? Why'd you get rid of Juvenko? Why'd you get, Ju- get rid of Juvenko? And it's like, yo, we got someone better. And oh, is he good. Um, quick question that you've typed out about New York City FC. After a game like that, how did New York City FC get three draws out of their first three games at this point you have to be really concerned if you're in a city football group uh because mr Tron seems to be you know bringing torrential downpour into the new york city fc results torrent more like tor- exactly so um things not better on the other side of new york or should i say the, the other side of the hudson uh in new jersey because the new york red bulls are lost one nil to Chicago, playing away at Chicago this game. Unbelievable. Uh, first win after two losses and a draw for the fire. Uh, Tim Parker deflected the ball into the net right as the second half began. This Just- was super funny because Frankowski bumped into um, Ro- Luis Robles. And while the keeper was on the ground tussling with Frankowski, Nemanja Niklic gets the ball, chips it over both of them, it hits the post... And then bounces into Tim Parker's like lower torso, and then bounces towards the goal. He notices what's happening, puts his foot out, tries to like kick it away, but before he can, it crosses the line. He does manage to kick it away, but clearly is over the line. And I gotta say, at the end of this game, you've Chicago's attack is better now, but there's no finishing. And hopefully, Gaetan, who came in on the 63rd minute. Uh, when he's starting, they have a little bit more for the final touch. Because they, if they get that, the amount of chances they had in this game, they're going to do well. Their defense still includes Bastion Schweinsteiger playing siren back. True. They might win games 9-8, to eight, but, you know. That's going to be the only way it happens. Yeah. Uh, another question about what the fuck is happening in New York? Did somebody, like, poison the water or something? A little bit of early CCL issues, but something's not firing. I think a lot of it is that 
their midfield is adrift right now without Tyler Adams. Yeah, they're still adjusting to the brave new world that they are in. Breaking news, the uh, stadium in Kansas City, Children's Mercy Park, has been uh, renamed to Children's No Mercy Park as Sporting Kansas City beat Montreal 7-1. Nacho Piatti out for this game. Harry Navio missed the game because he lost his passport. Um, Both of them would have helped, (laughs) to say the least. Um, this, this was just an all out assault by Kansas city. Um, 10th minute, Johnny Russell curls in a rebound, two more goals before the end of the half. Gerso Fernandez was just going crazy in this game. Um, Christian Namath had a hat trick, including one where Evan Bush ran out to the top of his box for no apparent reason and just got torched. Um, John Luca Buzio scored. I, this was ridiculous. Yeah. This is not the Kansas City that we used to know. Nick says he watched this game. <laughs> you scored a goal too. Everyone is scoring. Uh, yeah. Oh. Damn it, Colin. <laughs> uh, so, big bummer for SKC though. Fullback Jalen Lindsay. Who names their kid Jalen? We're in that point, right? Where soccer players start coming out with ridiculous yeah, names. Sorry. Jaden, Jalen, Skyler, Skylin. You realize that my nephew's name is Skyler, right? That's a, that was a personal diss to your nephew. Like personally. Good, because his name is fucking ridiculous. Okay. All right. Uh he's well, this dude tore his meniscus and he's out four to five months and will miss the U twenty World Cup. Related move. Um, SKC also signed Nico Hasler off of waivers. Even more related news, Chicago put Nico Hasler on the waivers. This, of course, is the Nico Hasler that Chicago gave away a bunch of allocation and some draft pick stuff to acquire from Toronto. I'm pretty sure it was allocation and they got rid of John Vaccaro. Like, it's a first round, a recent first round pick that wasn't playing. Still... They gave away a bunch of stuff and then waved the guy after three games. Because they wanted a different guy named Nico on their team. Aha. They they also didn't want to be hasslered by the player. That, okay. All right. No. Okay. No. 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 Okay, no. 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 <laughs> no. Um, you might have thought after this game that you know seven goals. Wow, that was kind of nice. Well, guess what? You were in the weekend. There were a record number of goals scored in the MLS because San Jose got smashed five nil by LA. Um, the LAFC fans took over Avaya like massive traveling contingent, much louder than the tiny little ultras in their cute little stand, who decided to put up a little blanket with some scratchings. Uh, including a spelling mistake, not even kidding, accusing LA, LA of being, uh, you know, plastic, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was like they're talking about being a mic'd up section, travel little reimbursements or some other imaginary stuff. Someone on Reddit going to a great extent to defend this by saying, hey, actually the guy in charge of the ultras is a former Romanian store Bucharesti guy. And in Bucharest, they have these like sarcastic kind of funny banners that poke fun at each other. And that's what this guy's trying to do. And it's just... Yeah, you know, I think the history of Stawa Bucharest is a little bit better than the history of San Jose earthquakes. True enough. So anyway, I uh, should also mention that after this game, fan, San Jose Earthquakes fans uh, showed up to the 
stadium and held up a banner and says, Mr. Fisher, spend the cash and we won't be last. It, yeah, you will. I mean, it's no uh, Mr. Chairman tear down this wall. You know what I'm saying? It's not even a thank you or send for the memories, but it's time for you to go. Like, <laughs> I'm tired, Robbie. Okay. Um, Carlos Villa had the easiest hat trick of his life. He walked it in after Vega just whiffed on a clearance. <laughs> I think that's that's the charitable way to do it. Like, it, it, mic that up to yakety sacks as you watch it. That's the only <laughs> way that that gets... <laughs> Uh, Even close to how bad it was. Keep the yakety sacks on, because San Jose are on base to concede 119 goals this year. (laughs) When I was writing out my stuff with fun with small sample size, I actually said that that is probably an accurate depiction. Man, Matas Almeida, what I would do to just just be his glass of whiskey and listen to what he says. (laughs) He is so, so hell-bent on being the man-marking team when his team can't do it It, it, it's like the kid that should be playing like u12s getting stuck with the u19s and just saying i'm gonna (laughs) do it and then getting like his ankles broken fc cincy invited philly over who pasted them uh 2-0 Yeah, it was the rain game where they didn't bother complaining about it as a reason to lose. Um, (laughs) David Akam, um, a touching another moment. Um, He changed his jersey name to his father's nickname, Titi, and continued his really good run, a goal and an assist in this game. This was very much the FC Cincinnati that we all expected when they signed every single defensive mid ever. Um, they played Alan Cruz, Leo Bertoni, Victor Joa. They had nobody out on the wings. And shockingly enough, they had five shots the entire game. Were they shots of alcohol? Oh, hey, speaking of oh, breaking God. news. I didn't, I wasn't even trying to segue that. <laughs> well, too bad you're <laughs> doing it now. Uh, early Sunday morning, Fernando Adi was stopped for speeding and cited for operating a vehicle while impaired by the Ohio State Highway Patrol. Such reads the start of a statement by FC Cincinnati. And before you start yucking it up, ha ha, what a rapscallion rascal. Remember, this is the kind of stuff that gets people killed. In fact, um, it got, uh, I believe there was a trooper uh, out west who got killed, taking out a drunk driver who was driving in the wrong side of the freeway and the, and the trooper collided with him to prevent further injuries to a civilian. So this is the kind of stuff that kills someone day to day. So so Fernando Adi, a man who, I mean, we can look up his salary. He's probably earning a good deal of money. Pretty sure he was on a million before last year. That comes out to, let's see, divide by seven, a hundred thousand Ubers or more uh, that he could have taken. Um, Do those Ubers go a hundred miles an hour? Like, because apparently that's how fast he was driving <laughs> when the state trooper picked him up. Yeah, and realized that he was 1.5 times over the legal this limit. This dude could rent a bird scooter, then rent a bike to put the bird scooter on, put the bike inside a the zip car, put the zip car on the back of an Uber truck, and then hire a freaking train to put the truck on. Like this guy has that much money, and instead he got in his car and drove down a highway at 100 miles an hour. What a moron! Don't do it, kids. 
He's going to be suspended pending his participation <sighs> in the league substance abuse and behavioral health program. He's goddamn lucky he's not standing in a criminal docket. Anyway, um, so, well, anything else you want to talk about? No. Top, top draft pick, Frankie Amaya got 15 minutes in his debut. Okay. Looked all right. Columbus played Atlanta. I say as I rub my hands in glee. God, this was beautiful. I I'm surprised just, it's just your hands you're well. rubbing. <laughs> Columbus beat Atlanta 2-0. Ah, oh, gorgeous. I remember seeing the score uh, before, you know, uh, the game was over, being like, please, 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 please. And yes, it happened. This game had a massive rain delay, uh, about an hour or so, I believe. Yeah, uh, just under an hour. And uh, this was right before Giassi Zardes knocked in the second goal. I should mention that um, the first goal came from Pedro Santos across, came across the box. It got everybody's attention, including Brad Gazan, uh, until it got to got past the like little scrum of players to a Pedro Santos who was completely unmarked. Uh, turns out Franco Escobar, who should have been marking, was running in, running in, slipped on the ground, and then went face down. Like he was basically like. As the ball went and he just stayed face down, probably expected Brad Gazan to come over, muss his hair and be like, it's going to be all right, mate. We're going to survive this together. Instead, Brad Gazan just looks down at him with disgust and I could almost see a shaking head, but there wasn't one. He just walks away. He just walks away. It's beautiful. Yeah. I, I might be editorializing in this just a little yeah. bit. Also, I think you're uh, mistaking Brad Guzan's accent with Brad Friedel's. Oh, Brad Friedel is like something very hybrid. This was more like I'm just imagining Brad Guzan growing up on the streets of London as a man who goes to Sherlock Holmes's house and trades information for scraps of bread, you know. Brad Guzan played for Chivas USA. He did. Yes, he did. Just okay. remember that. Yeah. Uh, Zach Steffen made some incredibly good saves. And then uh, Jesse Zardes, as I mentioned, scored another goal. And guess what? Franco Escobar and Miles Robinson were way away from uh, marking the dude that they should have, who then sent in the cross uh, to Zardes. Who was that fellow? I might, I might ask. Um, who was it? Who was it? Robinho. Not that one. Oh, not that one. And so you know, there's again no reason that Atlanta should be defending so horribly, but it's so wonderful. Frank DeBoer, like, please never leave. Like, I love you. At this point. It's not that he has like a plan going forward. He has screwed up their formation every single game. The one time that they looked halfway decent against Monterey at home, he promptly changed the formation a day later. I, like this guy does not know what he's doing. I could not have scripted Atlanta, this. You, Atlanta In my United. Dreams, I couldn't have did Atlanta United this. exist the last time that Frank DeBoer won a game in the league? I should also mention that this game started with the commentator saying at kickoff, Atlanta United have not gone winless in three games straight since the end of their inaugural season. About that. Uh, so, hey of course, after this game, everyone blaming this on the fact that the entire pitch was waterlogged, which it was. At one point, Pedro Santos juggling the ball to move it faster than kicking it on the ground would have. So he, he like, it was FIFA, basically. Uh, should also mention Atlanta expanding their training facility in Marietta, Georgia. Uh, the rumor is that they're going to make a uh, pitch for Atlanta United 2 to play on, and they're going to have a La Masia-style academy. Uh, La Masia? Yeah, exactly. That has uh, some suggestions here. La Chokia? Uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. La Two Points and Four Games, yeah? Uh-huh. 
La Las Flores in the Eastia. I think these are all wonderful names, and I would give it to that academy. Okay. Columbus, uh, not Columbus. We just talked about Columbus. Colorado welcomed uh, Houston into their house, and Houston promptly stepped all over the couch, ending this game 4-1 to the Dynamo. Guys, are Colorado good? No. No, 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 no they no, are not. No, no they are not. Uh, Memo Rodriguez opened up the scoring on an Albert Elise pass that went by three Rapids defenders who were just watching it, which happens when you're the Rapids. Um, then Albert Elise slipped past Dylan Cerna, who was just bad on the play, um, ran to goal, forced a weak save from Howard that got deflected directly into Axel Schuberg for an own goal. If you thought to yourself, Hmm, Albert Elise going across goal and resulting in an own goal. That can only happen once, right? Think again. Because that happened, and it was Keegan Rosenberry that time. That is right. Colorado had two own goals <laughs> forced by the same player in one game. Um, Elise actually scored one for himself, got on the score sheet, um, or well... I suppose he had the assist earlier. Basically, what I'm saying is Albert Elise had three assists and a goal in this game where Colorado scored two of those goals for him. Oh, uh, Colorado are going to play Arsenal in a friendly this summer. Probably someone was like, Mr. Kroenke, should we have a friendly between your two teams? And Shane Kroenke was like, what two teams? Why would Arsenal play the Rams? Right, exactly. Um... All right, let's uh, let's talk about RSL, who had FC Dallas in their house, and FC Dallas leaving with a four-two win. Carlos Grezo gets the fastest goal of the season, forty-five seconds in. Uh, Demir Krylock gets sent off in the sixteenth minute for quote-unquote headbutting Grezo. Apparently, Mike Pecky says that Krylock didn't mean it, which makes sense because he didn't like really do it betke's just crying a lot there okay all right that was bad all yeah right. no, no none of those have come off for you yet by the way okay all right all right, all right. uh vancouver seattle nil nil nothing else needs to be said i don't think um unless you insist i will insist there were some excellent saves from stefan fry and var called off a penalty at the death three minutes of stoppage time it was the 93rd minute that that penalty would have possibly been awarded, but it was correctly ruled that there was no contact. Pretty cynic, very unhappy with this. DC United beating Orlando 2-1 in the Magic Kingdom. And uh, go watch Orlando's April Fool's video, it's funny. Should mention Rooney scored a free kick from near the corner flag in this game. Incredible goal. Uh, Free kick earned when Dom Dwyer kicked out at him with studs up. Uh, And I should also mention... Orlando had a bunch of dirty stuff going on. At one point, Rooney passed the ball in the box to Lucas Rodriguez, who got just pushed down by Ron. And um, Orlando's just a dirty team, man. Yeah. Not a big fan. Um, Wayne Rooney on Dom Dwyer's foul that led to the second goal, because let's face it, he didn't actually make any contact. Quote, I see him coming and got all the way. Because if I didn't, it could have been a serious injury. After the referee said, it's intense. I'm not stupid enough to stand there and let him try to take my knee off. I don't know what just happened. But it's... I it, it, 
that's the best I, like I kind of high want, scouse I can do. I kind of want this on our soundboard now. <laughs> so all right, um, Chris Mueller could have got the equalizer in the final minutes of this game, but he didn't. So womp womp, hit the post. Los Angeles Galaxy played Portland, got the win two one. Um, two penalties. Yep. Um, earned one. Zlatan got clattered into by Claude Dielna, then sent Loon's legend Jeff Adenella the wrong way. Uh, the second one, another earned by Zlatan when he pushed the ball past a diving Adenella, who then just kind of whiffed at it and bowled him over. Caleb has typed in the notes here. Should we be worried about Portland? And I should say no. They're just playing a really long road streak, and they're going to suck. Yeah, they're playing 12 games on the road to start. Yeah, that, just, that hurts. You, you know how they have no pity? This year's scarf for them is going to be no expectations. So, all no right, city, that's what they have because they don't have a home. Ah, funny. Okay, let's now take a break. We shall return with part two of our show in just a few minutes. Welcome back to We Call It Soccer. Let's get things back on the road real quick so that uh, we can get you out of here and back to your families because we know you lock the kids in their own room and like, yo, I got to listen to this. Mom's got business right now, you know? Um, so, I it, mean, we're a family-friendly podcast, aren't we? We're rated explicit on iTunes. Uh, your North uh, Northern Ireland references forced my hand. Uh I so. mean, I I think that's family friendly. I okay. think you're raising your kids wrong if you're not referring to Northern Ireland in such terms. But continue. Let's now move into the segment we call Top Lo-Fi Hits. Let's turn on YouTube, put on the sound-canceling headphones, and study the latest from the U.S. lower leagues this week. Nippon Chopra from SockTakes.com is back to give you the latest from the U.S. lower leagues. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Getting Low with me, Nipun Chopra. Uh, I've been away from you guys for a a while. I was traveling and then uh, pretty busy with work, so I apologize for the lack of lower division news, but I hope everybody's well. So let's get into uh, what's been going on, on of late. This was an exciting weekend in USL. Uh, First of all, we saw the debut weekend of USL Division 3, now known as USL League 1. It was the inaugural weekend. Ten teams uh, play in this league, uh, as a a reminder to some of you. Um, Six of those teams played this weekend, and... uh, couple of interesting games. Uh, I think at this moment, it's going to be very interesting to watch uh, Chattanooga Red Wolves, uh, the team that is built f- uh, basically on the back of players that have excelled in the lower divisions for many years, but are at the wrong end of their careers. And then you have some other teams um, like North Texas Soccer Club, which is going to be mostly youth players. So there's going to be a lot of interesting matchups uh over USL League One in this upcoming season. In terms of USL Championship, 
um, I'd like to start with my pick of the games of the weekend, and it was Reno 1868 playing OKC Energy. Uh, Reno 1868 started the game exceptionally well. They took it a fairly early lead, doubled their lead soon after, and then early in the second half, they were 3-0 up, and uh, myself... Uh, kind of a quasi OKC Energy supporter, I kind of assumed that the game was over and I turned it off. Uh, I got on Twitter and they hit this around the 70th minute, they scored their first goal and, and I figured I might as well turn the game back on. They soon got to 3-2 uh, and I, I sent something special was about to happen and it did. Lo and behold, in the 94th minute, uh, an equalizer from Owen Gordon uh, meant that the game ended 3-3. Now, I'll tell you what, that OKC Energy has a history of this. Somehow, they, they, uh, not only the starts of games, but the starts of seasons tend to be pretty poor, and they get stronger towards the end of games and the end of seasons. So this was a great example of what OKC Energy is all about. Um, other news from around the league... Um, Something that blew me away, and I have to admit, I had no idea until I was reading up on this. Tulsa Roughnecks is currently at the top of the Western Conference. The reason that is so insane, you guys, is that this is a team that is always in the bottom two of the West. And, I mean, you can go back and look for the last three years. They're always right at the bottom, uh, struggling to get any points. And right now, after five games, they are, I believe, unbeaten, but certainly at the top, which is incredible. And the last bit of news I wanted to share with you guys is uh, Indy 11, my home club, uh, broke its home attendance record uh, yesterday, that is Saturday, uh, that was on Saturday, uh, with the home attendance of 20,000 Plus, just just north of twenty thousand uh, at Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, there are questions that should be asked about uh, what happened before the game, which is that the team actually announced attendance uh, record uh, the night before the game was actually played. Uh, that was an interesting um, PR maneuver. Uh, there question there should be questions asked about whether they actually were anywhere close to twenty thousand uh, people at the game. Those are all fair questions, uh, but I strongly believe that it was a, it was a good attendance, uh, and that the attendance was as high, well, reported as high as it it was reported, simply because Indy Eleven is currently trying to convince legislators uh, to pay for us, well, partially pay for a soccer-specific stadium. Um, so interesting times here in Indianapolis. This has been the return of Get Low with me and Nipun Chopra. Back to the wonderful guys uh, at the We Caught Soccer Pod. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. I'm getting to tell Nipun we've changed the segment queue, but I will one of these days. Yeah, He gives us such that. awesome content. I know. I, Although, I will object to the lack of hashtag full Mingo content. Yeah, we'll we'll I'll tell him that as well. Um, thanks, Nippon, so much. Y'all should check out his content over at SockTakes S O C T A K E S dot com. He does some fantastic stuff, and find him and SockTakes on Twitter as well. Let's move on to the segment that we call "Keep Hope Alive." You're so hoping for the U.S. national teams as the women go into a World Cup, and the men start the qualification process for theirs.
So at this point, you probably know the U.S. beat Chile 1-1, and you should Wait, know. hold on. <laughs> I was just... I, I mean, just... like, are we supposed to say that when Christian Pulisic goes down injured after 35 minutes, anything that isn't a complete and total disaster is a win? I was. Because I was, I'm all for that. I was trying to pull a fast one. I'm glad you noticed. Um, yeah. So this was a draw, sadly, for us. And um, the thing that you should take away from this is that it is more expensive to watch the United States men play than to watch the French men, you know, the world champions uh, play in France. So that seems dumb. Uh, yeah. Anything about this game you want to mention ex- other than the fact that Mr. Pulisic got a, uh, is it a tie tear or a strain? I can't uh, remember. It's a quad strain. Yeah. So, it's a quad. Yeah. Um, two or three weeks after Dortmund. Yeah. That's about it. Pretty much the end of the season for him. And uh, the U.S. has drawn Canada and Cuba in the CONCACAF Nations League. I feel so bad for all of the people that are baking that American Outlaws trip. Hint, hint, wife that doesn't listen who has to come up with something for my birthday. (laughs) The U.S. men are also reportedly going to play a pre-Gold Cup friendly against Jamaica in Washington, D.C. on June 5th. Did they think that that like did someone in the USSF forget when Independence Day is like July fourth, June fifth? Anyway, okay. By the way, one I, off, one off. That's yeah. fine. I mentioned before the U.S. women are getting seven hundred and eighteen thousand and seven hundred and fifty dollars from the Luna Bar Company, uh, making the World Cup roster bonuses equal to the men's bonuses for their World Cup. So. When you mentioned that maybe this money should be spread out to NWSL, no, no, I said it, like how maybe these these sponsorship dollars should be going towards all segments. Of, did not say that. I'm pretty sure you accidentally said that. Then I what I said is this just raises questions about what the NWSL sponsorship team is doing because if the U.S. women's team is able to raise this kind of a sponsorship deal, the domestic league should be able to, I'm not saying that they should get this money, that they should be able to get, not maybe even not equivalent deals, but something I from will, somebody. I will certainly credit that. But I think the more galling aspect of it is that it's taking outside sponsorship to up the bonus pool to the level that the men's are at. Sure. Yes. That is 100% accurate and in this segment that makes a lot more sense uh as a point and my point was for the nwsl i think both of us raised good questions uh about these deals at the, the point sa- is at the same more time money for women's soccer at please. the same time i will say that i'm damn glad luna has stepped up to do this and uh it's it, it's it's clearly something that needed to be done for quite a while also luna bars are tasty Let's move into a segment that we call, they call it football. Every football team will be playing football several times and in various combinations. They might have come up with the word, but the English don't call it soccer. And in this segment, we talk about football from the United Kingdom. First of all, the FA has announced that VAR reviews will be shown live on the Wembley Jumbotron during the FA Cup semifinals. I don't know if they call it the Jumbotron at Wembley. That's that's what we call it now. Yeah, I hope that there's a more like Anglo phrase for the Jumbotron, though. The Biggie TV. <laughs> the, that uh, is not at all Anglo. 
the the biggie telly there the, we go the huge sparky waffy or something like that that's what that's what it is okay uh first of all palace beat Huddersfield 2-0 resulting in Huddersfield being uh relegated yes um they tied derby for the earliest relegation in premier league history um very close behind them uh fulham were officially relegated after today's 4-1 loss to Watford they also lost 2-0 to man city over the weekend Cardiff got beaten 2-1 by Chelsea. This extremely controversial win came on the back of a goal that should have probably been disallowed. Um, I've I've put this down as hilariously offside by Cesar Espilicueta. Um, It was allowed. It's one that VAR would have very easily taken care of. Um, definitely changed the shape of the game. Ruben Loftus-Cheek uh, was able to get a goal in the 91st. That's it? Yeah. I mean, Neil Warnock had some very well, you're, you're, choice actions for it. You were giving me the stare down there that Neil Warnock gave the linesman. Ah, uh, that that's... Yeah, yeah. And, that uh, was, uh, that was threatening. Yeah. Liverpool played Tottenham. This game was destined to end 1-1 until Liverpool managed to get the late winner. And You uh, mean Hugo... L O L O L O L O L O L O L O L O Yeah. Spurs Spursing it up. Ah, I mean, what else so needs great. to be said? Uh, I love it. Injected into my veins. Speaking of that, Arsenal injected two goals into Newcastle. And that just sounds <laughs> Leave it in. Leave it of in. Course. <laughs> and so anyway that was good for you yeah um could have been one nil early via ramsey ended up being one nil slightly less early via ramsey and then everyone was very very concerned until the end when uh lacazette shipped the keeper let's now move into a segment we call they don't call it soccer in brackets some do though where we cover soccer from the rest of the world that we haven't talked about already great news from the bundesliga where Bayern slip on a banana peel and Dortmund do not. 1-1 one, one at Freiburg for Bayern. <laughs> Good Suckers. 2-0 uh, win for Dortmund over Wolfsburg. Sorry, producer Nick. Should also, Somebody had to be the sacrificial lamb for this one. Should also mention that Bayern and Dortmund are playing this weekend, so you should watch that. Ooh, that sounds scintillating. Saturday. Um, There's a bunch of other results from europe and uh we are running very late so is there one that is or two that are particularly close to your heart um yes there are um the 4-4 draw between villarreal and barcelona that happened just this afternoon was absolutely fucking bonkers um barcelona went up 2-0 within 30 minutes with messi on the bench no less villarreal then scored four goals unanswered and then they subbed on messi and in stoppage time, scored two goals to equalize. Ridiculous. Um, you also had uh, the big match in the Eredivisie. Ajax beat PSV 3-1. Ajax went down to 10 men, immediately conceded an equalizer, then scored a penalty and a last-minute insurance goal. That puts Ajax two points back of PSV, seven to play in Holland. All right, we are going to skip confessions this week for time. Nipun already started raising some questions. Just look <laughs> into that. Let's uh, 
Let's tell the good people where they can find us on Twitter. You can find Caleb at KOlson716 on Twitter. He writes at 55.1. You can find me at The Attachments. Um, I wrote a fine uh, piece about the zero things that we learned from the New England game over at E Pluribus Lunum. You can find me at TW United Fans. We Call It Soccer is produced by Nick Rodriguez, whose views on soccer and politics can be found at Nick Rodriguez on Twitter. We thank the band Tectonics for the use of their song Lustless as our theme music. Check them out on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Uh, you should find us on fine broadcast providers everywhere because we'd like to have you share us with your friends. That would be really great. And yeah, with that, we bid you adieu for another seven days. We shall return next week. Goodbye. Yeah.